Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. Is the next Great Awakening around the corner? Find out in the book Final Fire by Tom Horn, Larry Spargimino, and Donna Howe. As today's world becomes more desperate, the world is inadvertently moving toward another Great Awakening. Get your copy of Final Fire by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. I wonder how well we would have done if we had tried to write something about 160 years ago that would be put under the microscope of scientific analysis available to us today. It might be safe to say we would have been found to be just a bit off in our assumptions and projections. We could belabor the point with examples, but for now, let's point to just one. Jules Verne was a writer of science fiction, or more correctly, fantasy stories, and in 1864 used his imagination to write about his characters, Otto Lidenbrock and his nephew Axel, along with their guide, going to Iceland to find a volcano whose name I will not attempt to butcher here. Their goal was to use the dormant volcanic tubes to descend to the middle of the earth and explore. We know the story as Journey to the Center of the Earth. Fern's story has them coming upon prehistoric animals and having fanciful adventures, say nothing of perils. Fortunate to still be alive and not cooked in lava, they finally return to the surface in southern Italy through the Stromboli volcano north of Sicily. Hmm, Stromboli. That makes me hungry. If we were to put it to the test of true science, the story would not fare well today. While his concepts of what would be found in the Earth's interior were quite a bit off the mark, it still makes for an interesting story. Imagination is a good thing. And thankfully, many who have a good ability to imagine have provided us with many hours of enjoyable reading, whether science fiction or just a reality-based, made-up story. When we turn to the Bible, we are not dealing with science fiction. We are dealing with fact. Despite what many of our friends who have fallen into the trap of some of these false cult religions that abound today may believe, there are no references to any scientific, geographic, medical, biological, or other field of focus that can be pointed to in the Bible that is incorrect. There have been a good number of them that were considered suspect, but it turns out that each was a case of man being a little slow in catching up with the truth of the Word of God. Geology has been an interesting area of focus over our recent lifetimes in what we call the Holy Land, where science, physical locations, and historic persons have proven the Bible to be true as the archaeological digs have found one artifact after another. 
It was Gerardus Mercator, a Flemish geographer and cartographer, who in 1569 drew a projection of the round earth onto a flat plane. He kept the linear scale equal in all directions, even though that distorts the proper size of the continents and the islands. But it was helpful to navigators as they planned and executed their journeys at sea. One fascinating little tidbit comes to light when looking at a map of Mercator's projection of the earth. Jerusalem is at the approximate center of the earth. Draw a line from Jerusalem to the southern tip of Africa, and in round figures you will measure 4,700 miles. Measure it to the end of land mass close to the magnetic North Pole in Canada, and it will be a little over 4,700 miles. If we measure east to west from Jerusalem to the eastern end of Russia, at the international dateline, we get 5,550 miles. Go the opposite direction from Jerusalem around the earth to Tin City, Alaska, the westernmost point of the mainland, and it is nearly the same number. One of the interesting aspects of directional travel is that if you go either north or south, sooner or later you will be at a point where your direction changes. When you reach the top of the earth, if you keep going, you're now headed south. The same concept holds once you get to the South Pole. Keep traveling and you'll be going north. If you head east, you will be headed east forever without a conscious change of direction. Likewise, for the western-bound traveler. Other than being a fact of the natural world, it gives us a picture of God's mercy toward those who have trusted him. As we read in Psalm 103, verses 11 and 12, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Luke 13:29 tells us of the redeemed ones, and they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. Over and over again in scripture, Jerusalem is set apart as a special city in God's plans. It has been in the past, and it surely will be in the future, seemingly to help us to get an idea that it is an important location. Wikipedia tells us that Jerusalem is a city that has been fought over 16 times in history. During its long history, Jerusalem has been destroyed twice, besieged 23 times, attacked 52 times, and captured and recaptured 44 times. It should be no surprise that Jerusalem is held high in light of Psalm 69:35. Jerusalem has a hope your city or mine does not have. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah. 153 times Zion is mentioned in Scripture. Many of the references are not good news, drought, famine, enemy attack. One after another, there are warnings and declarations of judgment for the times God's people turn their backs and go into apostasy. Many more of those times are good news, referring to God's special love for Jerusalem. 
Maybe we can get some hints of the importance of Jerusalem, often called Mount Zion, from a few select verses. Psalm 2, verse 6, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Psalm 9:11, Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Psalm 14, 7, Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. Psalm 48.2, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Psalm 76.2, in Salem, another word for Zion, also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. Psalm 102.16 begins to give us a hint of the reason Jerusalem is central in so much of Scripture. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. There is still a future for Jerusalem, no matter how many times it may be attacked by Satan's allies. Next to the Psalms, Isaiah has the most references to Zion, and this one is interesting. Isaiah 28:16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Isaiah 35.10 triumphantly declares, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow, and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 60.14 goes so far as to call Jerusalem the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. No other city can make the claim of being God's special place on earth. The prophet Joel stated in Joel 2:32, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said. Again, Joel tells us in chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall be no strangers pass through her any more. Zechariah 1.4 says, Cry thou, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy. God used Zechariah to give this good news of his future Messiah, giving a hint of how Jesus would come at the start of his ministry in chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt the foal of an ass. Well, these verses will suffice in making the point that in God's thinking, Jerusalem is at the center of his plans for the future and ultimately for the new Jerusalem as well. 
how interesting it is that Jerusalem is literally the center of the Earth's surface geographically. In the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins.